random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists. Ho, 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 ho. Says you. Oh, anyway. Welcome to The Marvelists. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the tin cannon string, we are joined with the proprietor of Stewin' It, Stu. Good evening. Hi, how are you guys doing? Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, all the holidays. See, happy Festivus. For the rest of go. us, yeah. Ever since I heard the uh, the line of it on some uh, commercial back in the 2000s, Chris Mahana Kwanzaa is like my go-to, and I just will always throw that. So it works. It's, it's one and done. It is. So anyway, this episode we are talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special available only on the award-winning Disney Plus, or maybe if you go on some bootleg website and pirate it and, you know, buy a bootleg DVD there. Arr! Yar matey poop decks. Anyway. <laughs> Jolly Roger to you, too. Exactly. So this episode, we are talking about that special and... 44 minutes worth. I love the hell out of this. And in terms of my Guardian's ranking of all everything, it is at the bottom, but... The fact I love it as much as I do, and it's still listed as a "quote unquote" bottom entry. It's the highest of the bottom. Yeah, it's, still, it's the yeah, and it's not a it's not a slight. It's like everything I've loved, and it's like they did a kick ass job on this. And if this is like the next to farewell swan song for James Gunn at Marvel, by the way, a little bit of a mini housekeeping on this: James Gunn, he's at DC now full time as the uh, co CEO. What do you guys think about that? Well. Hey, whatever cross promotion or you know a good move for I'm him. E- I'm excited for him. Like yeah. we got a, we got like five years they said until he can come back to Marvel if he chooses to. Oh well, yeah. there you go. That's the uh, rumor, but with Guardians Volume Three, the trailer dropped, and I have to watch that. <sighs> it's very good. It's, it's that's very. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. It's really yep. good. It's very sad too, and it's like it's the insinuation someone ain't gonna make it, and it's like. Everyone's thinking it's that one character. I think they are going to bamboozle us, and it's going to be somebody else. Yeah, but it'll be one. One? Just one? No. I, oh. think, I think it's going to be multiple. It's, oh. Because oh. they said also, that, as you know, James Gunn has been saying for the last couple of years, Guardians 3 is going to be the final time we see this lineup. So, yeah. Right, but that means you're going to lose more than one Guardian? I mean, it worked in the Suicide Squad. They killed off almost everybody in that thing. Well, so. that's implicit it's, in the name and the other it's distinguished James competition. Universe. James Gunn does this with his movies. He kills <sighs> off a lot of characters, even if you have a strong emotional attachment. So that's going to happen. And I'm fine with that. But it's like also at the same time, it's kind of like I don't want it to end because, yeah, it's a Guardians trilogy. But no. No, I want I want it to you know keep going on and on, and then we get tired of them like Thor: Love and Thunder. It's like no, you know. one word replay. Sure, no, I want new content. I want new. Oh, oh, I want you, new songs, sir. You go too far. Nope, I don't. But <laughs> in regards to the uh, the trailer and everything, it it rocked my socks off, and like 
I saw, you know, I totally didn't find a uh, fan cam recording of the uh, Guardians Volume 3 uh, trailer yep. from San Diego Comic-Con where it had a completely different song and all that good stuff. I totally didn't watch that. I totally also didn't cry, you know, not cry but tear up during that. But let, let's just say when I uh, posted this on my Instagram and I, you know, had the little background song for it, I picked a certain song for a certain reason. Because Is that, that Hulk? Was, no, that was the song oh. that they, this was the song they used. And I'm not going, I don't want to say it because it might be a spoiler for maybe trailer two or three. So I won't say anything right now, but the song I picked was what was in the uh, San Diego trailer, and God was that perfect. Like you read the lyrics, it's like, oh yeah, this is this is gonna be sad. So, I would say Guardians Three. I'm on the hype train for it, and it's it's just gonna be a bummer because like now you know James Gunn's leaving. So what are you gonna do? But Guardians holiday special to make Christmas special for Quill, the Guardians head to Earth in search of the perfect present. Kevin Bacon. Sounds like a, a verb participation thing. Future perfect, past, or no. Okay, sorry. Yes, Kevin Bacon. Right. Let, let, let's talk about the Kevin Bacon. Like, just get him right out front and center. But I thought that was one of the funniest casting choices to include in here. And it's like, it's such a James Gunn esque callback for a one and done little joke from the first Guardians movie that they just kept bringing back over and over. Like, even. Yeah, well, it, yes, but you know what also came to mind? My wife thought of it faster than I did because she is just on this stuff. She says, wait. Isn't he already in the MCU? And I'm like, <gasps> no, not really. It doesn't count. It, it, she, well, it maybe doesn't. she went, isn't he already in a Marvel movie? Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah. But, so, but it's oh, the, that's, that's good. Yeah. Kudos to her. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. That's very good. And that he, was on recently, I think, too. Uh, and he was good in that. He was really good in that movie. He was. Like that, the funniest thing is like so many people will critique the, uh, the X-Men movies. First class slaps. Like that's it's still one of my personal favorites of uh the Foxverse and if you haven't seen it, give it a watch. It's it's fantastic. So or uncanny even, huh? Yeah. <laughs> or astonishing, huh? <laughs> it's very sixties too. Or yeah. <gasps> I like that one song, the uh I forgot the name of it now. Uh pretend I knew is it. Is it Skeeter Davis, the end no, of the world? No, 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 no. Okay. Listen here, you little shit. That's no. a sad one. <laughs> you sir. <laughs> Why am so, I even calling you that? That's a any, compliment. Anyway, so in regards to this, you know, with uh, Kevin Bacon involved, I thought he was a complete dork, and I loved him for everything he did. You know, the whole point of, like, you know, normally I'd be really pissed off and, you know, punch you in the face, but I got the holiday spirit, and I'm also being mind-controlled. So <laughs> yeah. just... I love how also in this we have the utter disdain that Drax has for him. Like, once, you know, he realizes he's just an actor, he didn't actually do all those brave heroic things that he did in the motion pictures. I, I love Drax, and I really hope Drax doesn't die in Guardians 3. <laughs> I want more Drax, man. Like, <laughs> Drax misunderstanding things is, like, one of my personal favorite things in the MCU, and it's just magical. Yeah, right from no. the beginning, yeah. Go ahead, Stu. I don't know. I don't know if we should worry about spoilers because it's been a while since this has come out. But I consider it particularly meta that Kevin Bacon, when trying to be a hero, references Batman, especially with the news of James Gunn going over to DC. So it, it, it's it's amazing to me and and super interesting that in 
the Marvel 616 universe, um, they have fictional DC characters. I think that's pretty cool. I've always I've always liked that about even in the comics when you know Batman will get mentioned like, oh, what are you doing going over there reading a Batman comic or something? Mm. But you know I yeah. I love that. I think the whole in one universe like they are real. In the other universe, they're just you know characters on a TV show or in a comic book. It's like it's that layered element of the uh, Marvel universe and just the multiverse element in general. You know. And, and, you know, this may be a tangent, but I was talking to my son Max about this, and he thought it would be a good idea to bring up in our conversation. What I'm very curious about is now that you have the snap or the blip, whatever you call it, and you have, uh, you know, the Battle of New York, and you have um, all these major events uh, occurring uh, in the 616 universe, what does the average citizen think about the world? I mean, you know, when um, uh, the ship appeared, when uh, Drax and Mantis were coming to Earth, people freaked out about the ship. Was that because they were thinking it was another invasion? Or So it just, it's just interesting to me what the general citizen of the world thinks about superheroes and aliens now that all of the stuff in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has taken place. Well, you know, uh, just real knee-jerk reaction to that, Stu, I think it was probably the most appropriate reaction they could have, especially with what was going to come within the next, you know, 10 seconds. Um, because otherwise, you'll get a, a, a neutral reaction, which is just like, meh, like Peter likes to say a lot. Uh, because, like, you know, we have, we've seen this before, it's no big deal, whatever. And then what was it? Stanley driving the bus one time. He says, "You haven't seen uh, something like whatever it was before, whatever the, heck yeah. the line was." So that was probably the best way to go with it. Uh, but that is a good deep thought, deep cut kind of a question. I I agree with that. Some are. I mean, you know, there's New Asgard that is a tourist destination. So the people of that planet of of that version of Earth should be aware of the fantastic nature of of their universe. So. It's just interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Some people in the Marvel Universe, like, believe that it's the real deal and they're unfazed by it. Some are in awe. Some are, you know, they have the conspiracy theory nuts. And I love that in the Marvel Universe. I love seeing that, you know, in this ep in this uh, special, when they go stand in front of uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater and they're, like, taking pictures with all the different people, people recognize Drax and they recognize Mantis from their exploits with everything with... Uh, grimace and you know running over getting photos with them some of them are just like oh my god i can't believe it. and like either they're thinking they're impersonators or they're the real deal we don't know but it's like probably thinking they're the impersonators let's be honest yeah. or, or they're just somebody else in costume let's get a picture yeah. and it's just that idea of like oh my god like this is real this is real stuff and i think the whole idea of like i i want to see more people afraid or like skeptic of all of this you know like i want to see that because what you know in real life that's really what people re will react like oh that's not real that's all just you know bs but you it, it literally just happened well, on tv oh no that's that's uh, cgi that's photoshop well as far as real or not real i got thrown off right from the beginning uh -huh. of this special because it's in animation mode and <laughs> i had to wait through it you know the couple of minutes whatever you're not an animation fan, Eddie? That it, I didn't expect it to be 
you know, that wasn't in the tra- uh, excuse me trailer or anything. So I said, wait, what happened here? What, but, what are we doing? You know, Eddie, that that animation was so pitch perfect for 1970s animation. Like, yeah. you know, uh, it had the look of Charlotte's Web. It had the look of the, you know, the Hobbit uh, uh, movie. Um, you know, so when I saw it, I was like, wow, that really rings true to the era that um, Peter would remember. So yeah. it was interesting. Yeah. I agree it was very good. There's no question. I just, you know, that's what my first reaction was. Plus, the other thing is, maybe I wouldn't have had a, a subliminal, subconscious, whatever reaction to it if I was just watching this by myself. Because I know that, for example, with respect to some What If episodes, ah, my favorite they're, show. they're animated. And my wife's like, I can't be bothered with that. Uh, so she's more into the real life type of... As you mean acting. <laughs> yeah, that those are, and then she's not really interested in watching those. So I, maybe I was thinking with her in mind also. I just realized you said real life instead of saying live action. Yeah, you could have just said live action, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I put the life and the live in the wrong part. Oops. Well, what got me about this was we end up seeing, you know, early on in this episode, a band playing music, and you know they they somehow managed to master these musical instruments, which I love, by the way. Like Star Lord acknowledges it. He's just like, wait, you guys just pick those up. Like, yeah, you get, you Beezer guys, and the band, yeah. Which, by the way, is the band Old 97s. And there we go. I love the fact that, like, imagine you're James Gunn and you're like, I really love this band. They're one of my all-time favorite bands. You just ring them up and say, hey, I'm going to put you in some uh, Gleep Glop costumes. You want to go do my uh, holiday special? <laughs> Hell yeah. You paying? <laughs> yes, I am. Well, I'm in. I'm not, but Mickey Mouse is. <laughs> so, you know, you do that and it's like, that is the coolest thing when you're a fan of a band and you bring them onto a project and it's like I get to play and direct my favorite band that's neat and you know this this uh, special soundtrack wise because the Guardians for me are very important in terms of soundtrack and obviously you know you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy movies the first two it's all AM gold kind of stuff so you're, you're going from like 1960 something all the way to 1979 and you don't deviate that much from there. You don't do a lot of newer stuff. You ignore it, whatever. Then you go over to James's uh, film, The Suicide Squad, as well as uh, The Peacemaker Show on HBO Max, and it's a lot of whatever James is a fan of, of other genres and decades, and I love the hell out of what he did in those, and I feel like this, this special, gave us, in terms of at least bands and things like that, a sampling of what we might be getting in the Guardians Volume 3. Because we're getting the Smashing Pumpkins. We're getting the Waitresses. We're getting who else, um, Eddie? Who yeah, else? those are my two big The Smashing ones. Pumpkins one was one, like, that yep. was pitch perfect for the scene. Yep. And, again, the Waitresses one, you know, friend of the show, John Trumbull, he remarked, like, I hate that song. <laughs> but that was a perfect usage of it. And, like, that was the one moment I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was a really good usage. Yeah, in the club with the libations. Yes. I love that. And... I thought the whole idea of like the soundtrack, like it's a nice tease of what could, what we might experience in Volume Three with uh, Star Lord Zune, because there's gonna be a lot of stuff coming off of that thing. We don't know what will be on there yet, but if this is any indicator, we got some good bangers coming up ahead of us. I just think that it was timely, or to the topic at at hand, meaning Christmas centric. 
So we could probably and break the uh, decades border or whatever not, you will. Well, not just that, but not like the standard cliche songs. No, like, right. oh boy, we're going to hear Feliz Navidad. Haven't heard that before. You might get a piece of that somewhere just to put it in a frame of reference or whatever it is, but then you'll, you know, it'll change the channel, so well, to speak. I don't pull, know. I'm going to pull up the uh, soundtrack on Spotify right now, but, or not, because evidently it's taken its time. Oops. But in regards to the Guardians holiday special, let me see. Well, so, I was going to say in the beginning, too, with the animation and stuff, we have the uh, the earlier, the first Yondu, who's just, you know, the Scrooge of the whole thing. Yeah. But I hate Christmas and, you know, kicking the tree over and, and all that oh, stuff. Oh, but they're going to soften that blue heart up. And, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll get past that and stuff but it's like okay we remember how yondu used to be because when you're a ravager and you're out in the deep recesses of space you know you have to survive and all that stuff but i think it's hard to keep track of too is when craig craglin says he was checking the multi-calendar <laughs> to know that on earth it's about to be christmas time so you know you're getting the framework set up and everything and that was kind of cool you know uh, him reflecting back on how yondu ruined christmas forever and you've got the uh the team with Nebula, Drax, and Mantis in there as well. So in regards to some of the songs, by the way, in the soundtrack, we got the Pogues with Fairy Tale of New York, which mm-hmm. did not expect to see, you know, hear that song in this soundtrack, but 100% yeah, on you board you love the hell that. out of it, I know. It's one of my personal favorites. Yep, it's, yep. So, I mean, well, it's my only favorite holiday song where the line is, you're an old slot on junk, so, hey, why not? In regards to other bands, we got uh, Hanoi Rocks, who James Gunn loves yep. and used the hell out of in the Guardian or in the uh, Peacemaker soundtrack. Julian Casablancas, the Wombats, who I did not think I'd see on here, the Waitresses, Low, Fountains of Wayne, Little Jackie, and the Smashing Pumpkins, and of course old ninety sevens. But Fountains of Wayne with uh, "I Want an Alien for Christmas." Which oh yeah, didn't. Again, Fountains of Wayne is a band that everyone sleeps on because the only song they know is the one that got jammed into our heads with Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom. Everything else is better. The whole uh, their well, albums are so much better. Here's a little tidbit. When when I was a kid, we actually went to the Fountains of Wayne that the band is named after. Yeah. And it it was an outdoor store, and they had a really great, very wild. Um, a Christmas display with all these uh, moving uh, animatronic uh, characters. It, it was really great. So, I so I I've actually been to the namesake of the band. That's I think tremendous. I passed by, and it's pretty uh, a lot of stuff going on for that space that it had. <laughs> I was going to say massive, but it's just a lot of stuff. Yeah. So now let's talk about the uh, essentially the stars of this special are Cosmo. No, the no. space dog that we saw previously at the end of. What, in the collector's collection? Right, no, okay. Well, Cosmo is going to be the star, is going to be uh, heavily featured in Volume 3. Oh. But I like that we have Cosmo in here, and Cosmo is a character that so many people have wanted to see since the Annihilation comics, and now to see Cosmo actually be a part of this, and a little bit more fleshed out, that's kind of cool to see. But, of course, nerds on the internet bitching and kvetching because a lady played the character. Yep. Moving right along, Bear and a Studebaker. <laughs> it's a talking dog, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter what the gender is. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. It's telekinesis for crying <sighs> out loud. Nerds are annoying. You can change the you can change the voice on your phone when you're getting directions. Oh, you can make I it know. an international accent Eddie, or whatever. Eddie, you're preaching but... to the choir. Amen. Okay. 
You, you need singing lessons, Eddie. I know. I did karaoke <laughs> last week, but that's, you know, last week. What'd so. you sing, Eddie? Randy, you're a fine girl. Oh, Eddie. The Eddie, looking Eddie. glass. What year, Eddie? Oh, I'll be posting it. Don't worry. <laughs> My wife videotaped it. Oh, no. <laughs> or, or just record it on the cell phone. We don't videotape anymore, I guess. Okay. I love the semantics argument just now for that. Like, oh, no. Well, technically, there was no videotape. There was no real camcorder. And it was like, oh, I got to lift this thing. Because those were big camcorders back in the day. Yeah. Anyway, by the way, it wouldn't be a marvelous episode if I didn't hit the microphone like I did earlier just now. Very good. But anyway. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, Pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. Uh, in regards to this special, it's starring essentially Drax and Mantis and fleshing out the relationship between their friendship that we don't really see, you know. Like we saw like dribs and drabs in the. Uh, volume two but not much yeah i mean first introduction of mantis and then the relationship building and we weren't sure if it was going to be more than just an acquaintanceship at some point but then it just you know leveled off or whatever what have you uh but the two secrets that that mantis held with two drax whatever and of course he went with the zagnuts first oh does well i mean to be fair they're delicious oh fine i'm surprised they have not done that at like uh disney for the uh what do you call it? The uh, Mission Breakout or uh, Cosmic Rewind? Like have it as like the little uh, snack booth. Like I would, I would oh, have Zarkos. Hell notes. yeah! They actually. They, so uh, my girlfriend went to Disney a few weeks ago, and she ended up leaving with the uh, Zandarian currency for me. But it looks like candy. I got to bring it next time I see it. It's like okay. they're the coolest little things, but it looks like candy. And it's like I would eat that. I'm stupid. I would eat that. Well, and then the dentist appointment would follow. Man, that cotton candy, it was, like, really bad on my intestines. I think you know what I ate, Eddie. Um, oh, yeah, you told me when you first got back from that trip. Okay. Yes, a, yes, Eddie, a, I ate insulation. That was a, the joke, Eddie. What a trip it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Eddie. No, it ladies and gentlemen, so I did not eat insulation. I just have to state that for the record because some out there listening might be like, wow, he is stupid. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Lead paint was a highlight of my life. No, oh, no, I'm kidding. No. Um, anyway, and I have to state for the record, I did not eat lead paint as a child. You do have to state that, yes. I really do. I had the Ertle Ter- Thomas the uh, Tank Engine toys, though, which had lead paint on them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm that old, ladies and gentlemen, 34. <gasps> but I digress. Uh, in regards to, you know, the whole uh, market the hell out of this thing, because, like, I'm surprised they're not selling officially Drax's uh, holiday sweater with the uh, pizza cat with the laser eyes. Well... The fact it's not, it's like you you can only get it on bootleg websites. It's like, really? Like, come on, Disney. They drew the line at the laser eyes, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But again, it's the House of Mouse. I guess Boob Chappick was just like, 
Um, um, and I'm turning him into Harrison Ford now. Who, by the way, Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones 5. Yeah. Anyway, so, I don't know. With with uh, the relationship between Drax and Gamora, or not Gamora, uh, Mantis, I love seeing that. It's, again, it's like wacky races. Like, it's a continuing thread from Guardians Volume 2 where you have, like, the cannonball running of it all. Sure. You have two characters team up and tell their story throughout the movie. It's smart writing. It's smart everything, you know, because then you end up having how would these two characters interact. That's storytelling 101. Like, you want to be able to see how a total opposite could react with another. Hilarity and, ensues, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you can see the growth and the evolution of their relationship and that a Mantis lets out, you know, the the big person voice and and gets very directive and and, and even aggressive at points and what what I found is that was that was a good you know indication that her character arc is moving forward is that we don't see you know the meek mousy type of person anymore we see someone who is exerting uh, direction and control and 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 it's hilarious too whenever you hear that big giant voice come out of a relatively small individual so and she helped save the world she helped save the galaxy you know against uh grimace and it was nice (laughs) so to be able to see that character evolution you know yeah she's got a timid and a don't mess with me yeah like compilation kicking i can't can't think of the actress's name but um the the one in the police academy movies yes is very very quiet very very quiet until she needs to be loud oh yes yes Yes, exactly. Yes, that's a good that's a good comparison. I like that. I you know the relationship that we found out early find out early in this episode in this special that Star Lord and Mantis are siblings. That's nowhere else, correct? Not in the comics or anything. Correct. And I like that they did not do a uh, Han. I mean a Luke and uh, Leia kind of thing because that would have been like. Yeah. Oh no! It really is trying to be like Star Wars with the holiday special too. Oh no! And by the way. Uh, Speaking of Star Wars, with this holiday special, obviously titling it the holiday special for the Guardians of the Galaxy is an homage, a tip of the hat, for the Star Wars holiday special of 1978. I My only grievance was I really, really, really wanted to see someone make a cameo, and that's Mark Hamill, because Mark Hamill has been rumored over the last couple of years to be involved with a Guardians of the Galaxy project with James Gunn. They talked publicly on Twitter. They were, like, you know, meeting up and doing some things. Would have been nice to see like huh. something with uh, Mark Hamill, specifically rumor and innuendo. Have him as the gardener, because in the comics, Gardner now looks like uh, Luke Skywalker circa the Last Jedi. Yeah, and it would well, that would rule. Yeah, you you know that that reminds me. Um, you know, in the Star Wars holiday special, they had that animated segment as well, and the animation in this special also looked like that. And in that animation, in the Star Wars special, is the introduction of Boba Fett. And I got I'm gonna pull it up on uh, the award-winning Disney Plus right now, just so I have the name of it. But the the funniest thing is, the Star Wars holiday special, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware, has never been publicly released officially on home media or any streaming platforms. However, if you go on the award-winning Disney Plus, you can be able to see. The uh, the story of the faithful Wookiee under the Star Wars vintage line uh, section. 
and you can watch the full animated segment in glorious HD. So now, I I have to admit that as a young lad, I watched it live because you know everybody was so excited that oh, there's going to be Star Wars, and you know, and you know, people were freaking out and so excited. And I remember watching it, thinking. What the heck is this? It, I was gonna... I, I, it's like a variety show. I, uh, you know, why is B. Arthur the bartender? And what's Art Carney doing on it? So, I mean, I actually, you know, picture my bearded head on a little kid's body <laughs> thinking, what's going on here? This is messed up. All I, so you mentioned that. And first off, by the way, sir, you, you're doing a disservice. Her name was Beatrice Arthur in that special, so. <laughs> okay, sorry. Do not besmirch the name of good Dame B. Arthur. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, it's Star Wars. The Star Wars holiday special, by the way, a minor aside, I cannot finish watching that thing. I've attempted multiple <laughs> times over the last 10 years. Can't finish watching it. It's, How long is it, for crying out loud? It's an hour and a half, and every time I tap out, maybe 30 minutes in. Oh. It's like, re- it's, hmm. Eddie, have you seen it's it? It's excruciating. No. It's bad. It's like, wow. I've attempted to watch it with Rift Tracks right. commentary, and I'm just like, no, we're good. I've talked to my wife. Honey, we got another special to watch. Well, it's available on YouTube okay. in shitty quality. But <laughs> Well, maybe that's part of it, too. Well, because it's never been officially released. The only ways you can find it are on YouTube of, like, 15th generation VHS uh, transfer recordings. Sometimes, though, you'll find, like, a really nice copy that was direct from a uh, television uh, station. But most of the time, they're, it's predicative of what the quality of the uh, special itself was. Because it's, it's, it's not good. It's like, oh. I've seen clips, you know, with, uh, rest in peace, uh, Carrie Fisher, but massively coked out Carrie Fisher singing at the end of the special. And, and yes, she's openly admitted in her autobiography, she was coked out beyond belief singing. Oh. But, uh... Yeah, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, bad stuff about that special. Like, it's pretty brutal. Well, like, not good side too. I'm looking at the episode now. This special where where what do you call uh, it? Eddie back on track. Gain access to Kevin Bacon's home, but they're bearing his holiday decorations, and now Kevin is outside running in his front yard or something. And the whole the whole thing of uh, the Kevin Bacon cami or you know subplot or not even subplot it's like the it is the a plot yeah. getting kevin bacon in here is the a plot and you're taking all the other guardians and they're pushed to the side which is good i'm a big star lord fan but i was happy to not see him be the focus of this story right he's not you know out front and center neither is rocket and groot who everyone if you had seen you know said we're going to do a guardians of the galaxy holiday special you would have thought rocket and groot because like they're well, they're the, the two that would star probably. The the new and strangely uh, improved group. Well, yeah, let's full, talk about that. Swole group. <laughs> so wait, what was it? Swole, you said. Yeah, swole. I mean, look, he he was pumped up. I got a real big kick out of the character, though. Like, I could see they were. I think they were doing some practical effects on how the character was made. They had to have done it, you know. But seeing him in his full blocky looking glory, my dude looked like uh, what's his name? Um, like whenever you go to Disney World or Disneyland and you see the characters running around, like oh boy, I'm gonna get a picture with Sombrero Donald Duck today, <laughs> or oh boy, I'm gonna go meet uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, but they're wearing tuxedos. 
but their their butts are still sticking out. Good for them. <laughs> Lo- loyal to nudists. The tails and two mice. Yeah. You know, like seeing that. But then I thought to myself, I'm like, they're not going to be hanging out with Stitch at the Galactic Gateway. No, these <laughs> versions, like this version of Groot, looks like the Sesame Place version. And when I say that, I mean, like, you look at the Count, you look at Bert and Ernie, or Ernest, you look at them and the biggest bird, and they're all blocky looking. Because normally, they have hands up their asses and they're just little puppets. (laughs) Now they're full-grown people with wide, square, rectangular heads. Kind of like Johnny 27 or 42 or whatever from the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy OG. What's his name, Eddie? The only thing... Peter, when I saw it, is I, I said, is this part of, you know, the gag? Because I did know that Groot looked kind of practical, as you're saying, and, and, and looked more like, you know, someone in a costume. And I was just curious. My original thought was maybe they're just doing this for the cheese factor. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's most likely like, a reference again to the Star Wars holiday special. Like we got the old 97s in this doing a, you know, a performance. And then if you look at the original Star Wars holiday special, Jefferson Starship is performing a song. So exactly. it's, they, they subtly reference things that from a special that the hardest of the hardcore have watched. And I like that. I like seeing something that you can tell this story and first off, by the way, do a bang-up job, because when I saw the announcement of this, I was immediately on board, but there were people that were just like, oh, no, this is going to suck. Like, <laughs> this is not going to be good. And surprise, fiddle shits, it was great. <laughs> but, and it's Charlie 27 you're looking for. There we go, yes, Ricky 22. But um, in regards... <laughs> <laughs> in regards to don't lose that number thank you I will I will not Ricky oh I love stealing Dan- mm-hmm. Daniel oh steely Daniel and love isn't always on time different band that's for sure Toto thank you holy smokes <laughs> on the topic of uh, Toto real quick I always love the fact that I once had a conversation with you via text where I just go Africa's their most overplayed song right and uh-huh. you basically were in agreement with me and we both agree that love isn't always online or is always on, on time. time. Yes, is a better song and should deserve more praise. So, so there you go. Great song. Definitely listen to it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, oh, oh. And now we're getting Kevin Bacon to do what the Guardians. No, hold want. the bacon, Eddie. It's not kosher. In regards to Bacon in this, with you know him getting captured and just being scared shitless of everything around him. <laughs> can you blame the guy? <laughs> like, really? Can you blame him? <laughs> no, and. You know, having a little bit of mind control that uh, Mantis mind exerts control. does help things. And when you've got big Drax in a huge Christmassy type sweater, you know, you need all the help you can get. And again, I, I want to also rewind back real quick when they are trying to find Kevin Bacon's house. They end up getting the star maps. Yeah. And I love that once you're in a James Gunn production, James will find any way, shape, or form to shoehorn you in to anything even if it's a mini little visual cameo because if you look at the star map margot robbie and my boy john cena both make cameo appearances oh okay so both of them were in there and i was wondering is john cena gonna be involved in the guardians well kind of so in this world multi-time wwe champion and star of the marine john cena is a part of the marvel cinematic universe as john cena 
<laughs> Although technically now, does this mean Dave Batista exists as former multi-time WWE champion? Who knows, true believer? Also, who cares, true believer? There you go. How dare you, sir? In this house, we respect the animal Batista. We respect him. Oh, stupid. He man. walked through a pit of danger, Eddie. Danger? Yes. <laughs> In that hit song by the band Saliva that he used as his theme music. Ba-da-da-da. Anyway. So. <laughs> and uh, man. Stu was worried about a tangent. Man, oh, let me boy. tell you, if one expression fit for the show this year, it was, we respect the animal Batista in this household. Anyway. So... Yeah, that little minor uh, digression. But what I love is, again, all of these references to different people. And I want... There was another actor from... Uh, the actor who plays Javelin in The Suicide Squad is in this. I forgot who he plays, but he is in here. He's the bartender yes. in the, the bar when, when the Drax and Mantis go in. Oh, wow. Okay. And that, that was one of those I missed. I didn't even realize it. But when I saw like, you know, the rumblings on uh, social media afterwards, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's like, again, all of these people that have played a role. Like, I'm, I'm honestly surprised Rain Wilson hasn't shown up in any of this stuff. I think maybe he did, but I kind of doubt it. Not in this. I mean, like, mm-hmm. maybe one of the Guardians movies because he, he was the star of uh, James Gunn's movie uh, Super, which is a superhero movie that I highly recommend. Super? What do you... Did you say if I missed it? I'm sorry. What Probably like uh, 2013 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard R-rated superhero movie where he fights crime. So. We, well, you know, that's a, good, <laughs> what that's was a that? good noble aspiration. I mean, where he fights crime. I thought there was going to be more to what you're saying right there. <laughs> Probably <but> no. not. <laughs> All right. Well, but anyway... Now, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the fact that Cosmo, by the way, is comic book accurate in this. Literally right down to the visual interpretation of the uh, costume. Like, as a fan of the uh, Abnett and Lanning run of the Guardians of the Galaxy, they knocked it out of the park with my hot dog. Woof. Cosmo, is a dachshund? I didn't think so. Woof. <laughs> and I don't know my breeds too well, but still. Woof. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that is rough, Eddie. It's a dog... That's a dog-eat-dog world, Eddie. It's a dog in a spacesuit. Yeah, but the spacesuit... the helmet. The spacesuit looks like the dog's version from the, the comic books. That's fine. Which is nice. I like that. Absolutely. I like seeing that, Eddie. Just not sure how comfortable it is, but Probably okay. isn't. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll call PETA. They'll end up putting up some stupid illustration on their Facebook page. Oh, sure. But in regards to... Let's see what else. Uh, We've got a decorated nowhere planet now that... Peter's being exposed to in this in the snow that's uh, coming down and doing this all for him and now the revelation of his Christmas gift. By the way, nowhere the Guardians own. That, you know what? That's something I caught on the second watch is that Nebula said in the beginning ever since buying nowhere from the collector. Yeah, because in a screen rant they have like a list of all the Easter eggs and different things that you know you may not have noticed. The the thing they wrote there was, the Guardians of the Galaxy have officially bought Nowhere from the Collector as their new home base. The severed head of an ancient celestial, Nowhere was introduced in the first Guardians of the Galaxy as a mining colony. The bone, brain, tissue, spinal fluid, Gamora, explain, I'm sorry, that was a terrible Gamora. All sure rare was. resources, highly valued in black markets across the galaxy. It's dangerous at illegal work, suitable only for outlaws. Presumably the Guardians of the Galaxy are attempting to lend Nowhere a little credibility. James Gunn has confirmed this particular idea will be important for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. 
So oh. remember that, ladies oh. and gentlemen. Okay. You remembering it? You remembering it? You remembering it? No. Eddie, 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 you remembering it? Uh, yeah. Are you remembering it? Okay, good. Anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, remember, we're talking about remembering it. What? The times of your life. Oh. Paul Anka, 1976. <laughs> also, did, that did, you, did you gentlemen notice what um, Kevin Bacon was watching uh, on TV? Yeah, what was he was watching? It, uh, was it Wonderful Life? No, he no. was watching Santa Claus versus yes. the Martians. Oh, which good. is particularly oh, appropriate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can every time I see that uh, that movie, all I can think of is the Mystery Science Theater uh, riffing of it, and that's the only way to enjoy that movie. By the way, because otherwise, woof. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, it's uh, it is it is not a good movie, ladies and gentlemen. It's very it's obviously it's a kids Christmas movie with Gleep Glop Martians, but woof. Is not good. Is not good. No, 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 sir. I knew that what he was watching definitely had some significance. Not enough for me to remember and write it down or but anything. It was, but it, you know, yeah. It was one of those when I saw that show up on the screen. By the way, how did you think it was? It's a Wonderful Life. Eddie? Why do they have green really, skin? Really, just a just. What are a you sh- watching, Eddie? Uh, something else, apparently. Jimmy Stewart versus Santa, or Jimmy Stewart versus the Martians. Yo, I would or watch. Both. I would watch that. <laughs> oh, Mr. Potter. <laughs> Merry Christmas, every. <laughs> now have him talk about like fighting aliens. Oh, I got it! I got the the space gun. <laughs> now, in regards to also, let's see, because I'm going through the uh, the screen rant thing because I'm well prepared with my notes. Uh, uh-huh. Groot has grown up with major implications for the MCU timeline, and they also talk about how there's no way Groot could have grown up so much between this and Love and Thunder. And yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? They the growth rate is different depending I mean, on your uh, you space know, roids and your environmental <laughs> situation. Yes, miracle grow accessibility, whatever. Do you think that? Do you think that's like considered a? Uh, oh yeah, like an illegal, illegal should, uh, sports should, uh, should enhancement be a, should be a sponsor for Groot or whatever. Get it in there. How have they not done that? They do Product pistachios, placement. but they hey, don't do that, right? You know, like I would do. Like even Chia Pet, they have a Groot Chia Pet. I get that, but it's like. <laughs> The fa- you just mentioned that miracle grow. Get you know, B- Bob Iger. What are you doing? You just got back. You know, come on, do something. Do it. Do it. Do, do it. Be the better Bob. Do it. Be the better Bob. The- <laughs> because Chappic was my stocks were the shits because of him. Oh, hold on. Let me see how much my stock is worth now. Yeah, Eddie, uh, Eddie, entertain the audience. Is that right? Okay, fine. Well, we're getting to the part here now where Kevin Bacon not only is made aware of the situation, freaks out, and then maybe has to be sort of kind of put. Woof! My stocks went down. It. Oh, I lost so ten sorry. bucks again. Jesus. Like a slide. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's bad. But I digress. Yeah. By the way, I I do think this article is really funny because one of the things is Gamora is still missing in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. No shit. Well, you know. Thank you. <laughs> But you know what's not missing is a shoehorned reference to the uh, Eternals, which I love. And not, you probably didn't notice it, Eddie. But if you did, go ahead. Then you're lying to me and said you didn't notice it, but you did. <laughs> but no, I, I know what it is. Yeah, this was one of those. If you notice, when they're walking around L.A., there's a sign for Kingo, for Kingo's Christmas, a, the new holiday special, and. Man, that got a big kick out of me. All right, that, I saw that, but it didn't register, so I was only halfway 
understanding that or yeah. and if you've paid attention to uh the ms marvel show they also acknowledge kingo oh no yeah we okay. talked about this eddie on the show okay. that you were on yeah yeah yeah. no no no. i got it now i'm it's coming back to me like celine dion all coming back to me now <gasps> why are you the way you are what <laughs> we're in a radio station i can't help it Eddie Wilson, Celine Dion aficionado. Man, when are you going to go to her next Vegas res- residency? She'll be there for a while, right? Probably. She's got a 30-year contract, maybe. Oof! I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the the audio modulation of that one just now, ladies and gentlemen, but I did not know that. I mean, I think that... I don't know. I'm guessing. I mean, I know it's that was the old. age... That was the age of She'll be about as old as her husband when she first met him. Well, you know... Well, I, gu- I guess uh, her... What is it? Her heart will go on? Yes. Okay. That's good. Now, also, I want to talk about my favorite gag in this entire special. Statement, uh, excuse me, Kevin Bacon singing and the gifts that are being now passed on. Nope. The, my favorite gift or gag in this uh, special was Drax beating the shit out of a GoBot. Major apologies <laughs> oh, to friend oh, of the show, Tom oh. Scholey, but man, he laid in on, like, how bad was it when you just hear, boom, like right in that GoBot's face? And I want to know why, why he had such a... Like James Trauma. Gunn, James James Gunn clearly has a reason why he wanted to attack a GoBot in this special. Maybe he was denied that um, when he was growing up. Was no, they they actually um, Mantis says that the that the GoBots killed Drax's cousin or something like that. So okay. in in universe, the GoBots are running around too. So you know that's amazing to me. Well, so there's some there's some planet of the Gobots. Well, so according to uh, the Screen Rant article, robots killed Drax's cousin, and that's a possible reference to Cree sentries. So, Ooh. Okay. there we go. Wow, Cree sentries. How about that? And apparently, uh, the Black Widow fancy dress is a surprising choice. Apparently, uh, the Black Widow cosplayer wears Natasha Romanoff's costume from her solo film. A surprising choice, given it's hardly her most famous. Well, because they want to push that movie, ladies and gentlemen. What a terrible Easter egg. (laughs) (laughs) That is really... Also, so, let's also talk about, you know, going back over to Bacon, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special references James Gunn's film roles. Well, duh. Okay. But... I went to the theater opening weekend, having worked with director James Gunn. He recalled in one interview, we had been in touch, and he never warned me that this was coming. I had no idea, and I sat there, and all of a sudden, they're talking about me, and my jaw just dropped. So that was in regards to the first movie. He makes his official MCU debut in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special with references to several of his famous movies. He also technically gets to play Batman, confirming another DC superhero exists in the MCU after a fashion. Eternals name drops Superman, too, which I completely forgot. Uh, Shows yes. the impact of that movie. Yes, no, that's that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yep, you what remember a, you remember that from the one time you watched the movie, didn't you? I watched it twice. In that case, once is enough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I freely admit it. Let's not go to Morbius now. No, let's. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 want to know how bad Morbius is? Even I haven't watched it, and I watched everything. I saw it. That opening. can't be. How do you know it's so bad if you haven't watched it? Well, you know, to quote Jake, I, go to, Roberts, I trust go to me. a certain school for gifted uh, youngsters in Westchester. But you're Stu in a different town altogether. <laughs> Stu transferred over, believe me. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. Uh, well, so I see how Rocket finally got his Winter Soldier metal arm. I just want to. Or is it a dummy? Is I want to. 
I, so I want to say because people were bitching about that, and that is one of the funniest things. People were complaining about, uh, again, a certain term in regards. Why is Brock Lesnar on my phone? Uh, in regards to, let me. I'm gonna go over to it, but again, the bitching of fans, and I'm stalling for time as I try and pull up the post in the Kinoplex. But where is it? So somebody asked about how the arm was received. And she took a trip to Earth and tore it off his body because she was feeling too Christmassy, per James Gunn. So uh. a fan responded with, Bucky defeats Nebula. There's no way she stole his arm. Has no sense. Like the whole phase four, f- pure forced inclusion of shit. Maybe it was when he was taking his shower. James Gunn responded back to the troll with, I'm not sure how a cyborg with advanced alien technology tearing off a human's arm because of an overabundance of Christmas spirit is forced inclusion. But it, now it's canon, sorry. <laughs> Based James Gunn, ladies and gentlemen. But, ah, oh man. And the best gift of all, Drax gets that, inf- what is that, that elf inflatable from Mantis? Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I th- He's very happy about it anyway, Drax. And meanwhile, Kevin Bacon's still singing. He sure is. <laughs> yes, I'm watching it now. <laughs> with with the uh, with the with that band, the old ninety sevens, alien version, and right. there's Groot giving out gifts. Also, he's made what claymation settings or scenes for I th- Mantis. And I thought for that was the cutest. Star Lord. I thought that was the cutest ending. Yeah. To be honest, like seeing everyone reacting to it, the reenactions mm-hmm. of everything in there. Drax tossing the police car now. Scene okay, and Nebula gets one too. Yeah, and uh, and so does uh, Kraglin. Craglin getting the gift. So. Bingo. By the way, Craglin. Yeah. I want to talk about Craglin with the uh, Yandu fin on his head now. Uh-huh. The prosthetic of putting that on there is the most unnerving thing because, like, it looks like fully embedded into his skull, well, and like that looks just like <laughs> like like it should have been there all along. I mean, how do you? Do you have to go to a doctor for that to get that implanted? <laughs> I would. I it would, looks like it hurts. Yeah, absolutely. But he can't use that arrow without it, I guess, right? Get it? Because he whistles. Yeah. That's the third time I did that this episode. I've been counting. Kevin Bacon is about to be taken back to Earth. And I I do love how when he was revealed to Star Lord, just his, the look of terror on Star Lord's face of or, like or amazement or like, no no that was like oh god dropping. I can't believe you idiots took him and kidnapped him. Yeah. We are complacent for a kidnapping, ladies and gentlemen. And I like you can't get a person for someone as a gift. Oh, you know, that kind of thing is what he would have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm in complete agreement with Star Prince over there and. I, I'm I'm in also just speechlessness okay. for Star Prince. And yet, and not too much surprise that Mantis, when telling him their siblings, uh, maybe I didn't think it would, I thought it would have been a more drastic type of reaction. Drakstick what? Drakstick, yeah, exactly. But, oh, yeah. It's, but that's what it is. And I thought it was a nice end for this episode, well, or this special. Well, the end goes back to the animation and Yondu getting... Well, I'm talking about in terms of a finality of this. Like, yeah. you tell that line, that's the, the bomb at the end of the episode. But not a bomb, but you know what I mean? Like, a pleasant thing to hear, and then it ends with the animation. Like, tying it up in a bow, as you like to say. 
and I love seeing in regards to the uh, Yondu giving his Christmas present to Star-Lord. And again, Michael Rooker manages to find a way to make even the most hardened of hearts just be all weeping and be like, oh, woo Like the end of the Grinch thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was very smart, very much great writing. Me good word speak, but um, in regard, in regards to uh, that ending, just how it's the feel good ending. Yeah, teenage Star Lord gets the blasters, and again, that's great storytelling in terms of world building and even like the most minute things. How did he get the blasters? Well, we'll tell you, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's a question you would never have thought to ask, and you got it answered, and even though you didn't ask for it. I'm happy I found that out. That's that's nice. Like, I want to hear the story about how Eddie Wilson got those headphones he's using, those Audio-Technica headphones. How'd you get them, Eddie? Uh, Paul Siliberto. Wow, what a story. My co-worker. Back. Well, you see, we were going through an upgrade, and... Wow. I regret asking that story. No. <laughs> that's right. But that wraps this episode up, and or this, this uh, holiday special up, mm. and I love the hell out of it. I thought they did a phenomenal job. They made you... Like, it's... You can tell James Gunn studied a lot of what makes a great holiday special work. He hit the notes. He hit all of the perfect spots of what makes the Charlie Brown Christmas special memorable. What makes the Garfield Christmas special memorable. What makes How the Grinch Stole Christmas memorable. He pulls all of those emotional hits and put them in his own thing. And he, he is the product of consuming all of this stuff mm-hmm. throughout his entire life and creating his own thing. And he does it in such a nice and elegant way, but also makes it palatable for as many different audiences as possible. And I like that about his storytelling. And, and, I wanted... and you know, you know uh, Max and I watched it together. We both liked it at the end of it you know max was like that's pretty good and i said that's pretty good so so basically you know i'm a person who understands all the references and i thought it was super enjoyable max doesn't have that background knowledge he found it was very enjoyable so here you have you know a father and a son watching it both enjoying it equally it you know it it was it was smartly done it was it was pretty funny. It, you know, it did the world building. It, it, it answered some questions that we didn't even know we had. So, you know, well done, James Gunn. Yeah. And, again, just his storytelling technique, like, really knocked it out of the park. And I feel Gunn doesn't miss. Like, that's the, most, that's the biggest lesson here. And, again, it's a bummer that he's going over to D.C., but you know what? Could be what the distinguished competition needed for a long time. Yep. And what I'm what I'm hoping is, you know, a really good kite man and calendar man story. Kite man, and, hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that if uh, James Gunn can give uh, DC the treatment that he's done to the Marvel properties, it's going to be a, a lot more interesting over at, at uh, DC, so to speak. Well, somebody teased over to uh, what? What in regard? James Gunn posted on his Twitter a few days ago a picture from. Well, he took like took a. I think it was the cover of Kingdom Come, and he put it up on his uh, 
Twitter is saying like thinking of ideas or something. And it's like, Oh, you're thinking of going right to that. And it's kingdom come is a story where like, you do have to have that level of you need this, 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 and this in preparation to get that end result. But we've been having superhero movies for a long, long time. We've had Superman and Batman going on for decades upon decades. You can do, you can do Kingdom Come as a standalone film. So to see the possibility of that getting teased, why the hell not? Why wouldn't you do that? Mind you, it's not a lot that you really have to do, especially the ending where they literally end the, the story at a diner, Planet Hollywood. But go for it. Like, if you're going big, go go big or go home. And other expressions. And other expressions. Yeah. <laughs> Merry I, Christmas and happy holidays to all. There's the one at the end of the show. Sure. The special. So, Eddie, what did you think of it? I loved it. I loved the heck out of it. I will re- watch it some more. Will you be watching it next year for the holiday season? Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would, but I might like dust it off in like a year or two. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the difference, uh, and maybe it's been done in others other specials before about the credits all being in green and red an original idea marvel exclusive well, i don't recall of recent times seeing how the marvel names invented of, cinema the names of people are in red the names of the titles of the people are in green <gasps> i like it me too me first and the gimme gimmies good band <sighs> Stu. Pleasure speaking with you on this episode, talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. You know, uh, you guys have one of my favorite podcasts, so I'm really happy to be part of it. I certainly appreciate it. Actually, you're a second, at least a second uh, time visitor to our podcast, correct? Uh, yes, I, at least a second time. I, I, I know I've done at least one other, but pr- perhaps a third, and I'm just... Losing my mind. I don't know. No, well, Stu, yeah. you're a two timer then. You are a two timer, <laughs> and we're fine with two timers here, are. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but in regards to this episode, you know, it's funny because I saw you at the Garden State Comic Fest, I think back in June or July, and it was a great experience because I walk up to you and you go, Well, I did want to come back on the show, but I didn't want to ask. But I'm like, Yeah, but that's why I'm talking to you. That's why I want to bring you back on. So. <laughs> And that's why, like, this episode was literally planned. I said, Stu, would you like to come back on in December? We can have you on for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And you're like, yes. And that was the end of the exchange. And then we took a picture. And then we enjoyed the convention. It was like, Walt Flanagan's over here. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Stu Greenberg of the Stewing It podcast. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.